0: All right, why don't you turn to the book of Joel, please. The message entitled, The Government of the uh, Millennium. I'm going to use several scriptures and simply as a platform, as I'll show you. But the millennial kingdom um, involves um, the remnant of Israel, as we've mentioned and pointed out throughout uh, the book of Hosea. Now also with Joel. Hosea mentioned in chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 5, chapter 14, so on and so forth. Joel also, chapter 2, chapter 3. Here it is again. The amount of material contained in the scriptures about the prophetic announcement of the future fulfillment of the millennium uh, is said to be larger than any other subject according to Dwight Pentecost in his book of prophecy. The millennium reign will literally be established on the earth, as you know. Um, the kingdoms of this world become the kingdom of our Lord and of our Christ, and they will be his forever. After he destroys the armies of the world who will be attempting to stop him from setting up the kingdom in uh, Revelation eleven fifteen, chapter 19, and chapter 21. Now, there are many today who teach today, quote, quote, kingdom theology. You have them all over the radio. And there's a legitimate kingdom theology doctrine, but they have tweaked it and contorted it to meet the politically correct and psychological babble of today's church. They believe it and they teach that we are to be healthy and wealthy, nab it and grab it. And if you have enough faith, you can live the kingdom now. Live in the kingdom principle. That boom, 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 boom. They're completely wrong. There's sin and death still going on. There's illness going on. God in his sovereignty sometimes does heal us, but it doesn't mean automatically every time. The church is um, part of the kingdom, but not the kingdom. The church will not usher in nor set up the kingdom. The kingdom is present in this church age, but it's yet to come and it's a complete form At the coming of Jesus Christ. The church will return with Jesus when he sets up the kingdom on this earth for a thousand years. This is very clear through all the parables as they teach the kingdom. I'm going to use these verses that I'm going to read you right now simply as to establish the point that the Bible teaches that there will be a kingdom and it will be under the government of Jesus Christ. And use that simply as a platform and then look through the whole of Scripture to show you the kind of government that is going to be during the millennial kingdom. So let me read here, Joel 2, 25 through 27. So I will restore to you the years of tank canker, uh, the, canker, or the uh, swarming locusts has eaten, the uh, crawling locusts, the uh, consuming locusts, the chewing locusts, my great army which I sent among you, you shall lead in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wonderfully with you and my people shall never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I am the Lord in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. That's millennial. He's writing about the locusts plague and he takes it to the day of the Lord forward and that we've already touched on the day of the Lord five times but this cannot happen until the millennial kingdom it's not happening right now never have shame forever he's going to dwell with them. then in chapter 3 verse 17 and 18 it says so you shall know that I am the Lord your God dwelling in Zion not in Pasadena not in New York in Zion my holy mountain then Jerusalem shall be holy And no alien shall ever pass through her again. And it will come to pass in that day that the mountains shall drip with new wine. The hills shall flow with milk. And all the the brooks of Judah shall be flooded with water. And fountains shall flow from the house of the Lord and water in the valley of Acacia. One last one. And. Three twenty and twenty one, but Judah shall abide forever in Jerusalem from generation to generation, for I will acquit them of their guilt of bloodshed, whom I had not acquitted, for the Lord dwells in Zion. This is all the kingdom age. Jesus reigns, as we'll see. Israel enters the kingdom. That's why I reject replacement theology. The majority of universities, APU teaches replacement theology and many others. uh, Fuller Seminary. And the majority of churches, 99% teach replacement theology. How? Because they remove the phrases to you, to you, speaking here in this context, Israel. And they put the church in there. Absolutely wrong. Now God's word says don't add, don't take away. Or I will add, and take away from the book of life of you. It says in Deuteronomy, it says in Proverbs, it says in the book of Revelation. What is it that we don't understand? You don't mess with God's word. Read it in its context. It interprets itself. Very, very clear. And so let me give you, um, three hooks to hang your thoughts on regarding the government of the millennial kingdom. First, we want to look at the rulers in the millennium. Then we'll look at the subjects in the millennium, and we'll finish off with the center of the millennium, the rulers of the millennium, um, the government will be a theocracy, meaning God rules. Okay, He's the one that directs it. The Old Testament was nation of Israel, God directed a theocracy. Now we as the Christians here in America, and America is not a theocracy. There's only been one nation that's Israel, but we do and understand that we are based on a Christian Judeo. Principle and ethics of the Bible, all you do is look to our laws, you look to our course, you look to our system, everything in the past. now we 're denying everything, but we 've never been a theocracy. Now, the original government of the Garden of Eden was a theocracy until Adam there disobeyed and brought sin and death. Uh, the promise of redemption is there in Genesis 315, the seed of the woman, and um, it, it was through him that the last down would make all things possible to be restored. Therefore, it is through Jesus Christ that it is possible for God to restore the throne and the kingdom as He intended it. Jesus will sit in the king as King of King and as Lord of Lords in the millennial. Listen to Psalm 2:6, and Psalm 2:6 is a preview of the second coming. Verse six says, "Yet I have set my King on my holy hill of Zion." Context is Zion, Jerusalem. Okay? That's the second coming. In mercy, the throne will be established and one will sit on it. In truth, in the tabernacle of David, judging and seeking justice and hastening righteousness, Isaiah 16.5. That's the millennial kingdom. Jesus told his disciples, surely I say to you that in the regeneration, that's the millennial kingdom. Listen. Listen. When the Son of Man sits in his throne of his glory, and you who follow me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. He's talking to the dirty dozen. Okay? By the way, Judas Iscariot is there. But he won't be there. <laughs> Millennial Kingdom. Matthew nineteen twenty-eight. Hosea, we just finished uh, a few months back. He says, For the children of Israel shall abide many days without a king or prince, without sacrifice or sacred pillar, without ephod and teraphim. Hosea 3, 4. It's been almost 2,000 years. Now the governing king will be no one but the Messiah, Jesus Christ. His government will put uh, put an end to war. Now, we always have these um, manby-pamby people that are against war. I hate war. But war is going to happen to the day Jesus Christ returns. You know why? Because people like you and like me, we're sinners. You don't have to go real far. Look at your own family. Everybody and somebody wants a bigger piece of the pie. Throw a piece of pie on the counter with two of your kids and ask them to divide it. And have the older one be the one to divide it. Simple. Listen to Isaiah. Isaiah 2.4 says, He shall judge between the nations and rebuke many people. They shall beat their swords into plowshares, their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nations, neither shall they learn war anymore. Praise God. But that's the Millennial Kingdom. Now you realize the UN has that as their plaque. The United Nothings. Okay? That's the Millennial Kingdom. They even have a statue. It was given by Russia, I read. It's this man with a big sledgehammer, with this sword bending it to smack it to turn it into a plowshare. That will happen in the Millennial Kingdom, not before. Isaiah calls him the Prince of Peace in Isaiah 9.6. The prayer of the psalmist will be fulfilled then. Listen, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, Psalm two six. That won't happen until the millennial kingdom. His government, by the way, will be perfect. Christ shall reign over the nations of the earth from the throne of his holiness. I have Psalm 47.8.9. Right now, we have a corrupt government. Our government is so debauched today from White House on down. Local government, state government, IRS, educators, school boards, pastors. You could lose hope, but you shouldn't because your hope is Jesus Christ. So you've got to get your eyes on the Lord. We live in a fallen world, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the club. Isaiah 11.5 says, Righteousness shall be the belt of his loins, and faithfulness the belt of his ways. There will be no injustice in that day. Right now, we see injustice. Though we can see some justice when the society functions under law, and there's consequences, there's rule of law, it's great. But such is not the case in our society right now. There's no ethics, there's no norms, there's no morals, there's nothing today. Everybody's doing what they want. Now his government will bring prosperity. Listen to Micah 4, 4 and 5. But everyone shall sit under this vine and under this fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid. From, for the mouth of the Lord of hosts, meaning the captain of the armies of heaven, has spoken. For all people walk each in the name of their God... But we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. He's talking about the kingdom age. The sitting under a fig tree and a vine means prosperity and being in peace and rest. Symbols of Israel, the two trees in the kingdom age. If you remember, it's a custom of Jews and was a custom of Jews where they would pray and meditate under the fig tree. And Jesus said to Nathanael in John one forty eight, "Behold, a Jew." A Hebrew where there's no vile. He says, "How did you know? Because I saw you praying under the fig tree, Nathaniel." John one forty-eight. It's a symbol of prosperity and peace. It's not happening right now. You see that in Jerusalem? No way. In fact, the Jews are hated. Iran, Elam, Persia, of all, swore to kill them. The little Satan. We are the big Satan. That's what they call us. They mean business. They may wipe out Israel from the face of the earth and then come after us, America. But too many people are drinking the coolie and smoking the crack or something, believing that they love us. Really. His right to govern will be acknowledged by worship. Listen. And it shall come to pass that everyone who is left of all the nations which come against Jerusalem shall go up from year to year to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, again, the the armies of heaven, and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles, Zechariah 14, 6. And if they don't come, they get no rain. Consequences. Jesus is ruling. He has rightly conquered all nations. He is worshipped as King of kings, Lord of lords, yearly in the feast. His right to govern is as the God-man. The Son of Man depicts His humanity, and to Him is given dominion glory. And the kingdom, Daniel seven thirteen through 14 tells us. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord will give Him the throne of His father David, and He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of His kingdom there will be no end. Luke 1, 32-33. Then the signs of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven in power and great glory. Jesus said this in Matthew twenty-four thirty. You realize that the genealogy that establishes Jesus as the rightful Messiah is both by the side of Joseph and Mary in Luke um, Matthew one twenty and in Luke one twenty-seven. But it comes through Mary because she was conceived by the Spirit of God. Joseph comes through the line of Coniah or Jeconiah, but he was accursed, so he's not taken through it. But they both had the right to sit on the throne, legitimately. Now, his government could also be through the Regency of David. Now, I've never heard teachings about the Regency of David, yet it's in the Scriptures. There are many references for the Regency of David that we cannot explain any other way. Isaiah 55, 3, 4. Jeremiah 30, verse 9. Um, you have Ezekiel 20, 34, 23 through 34, and many, many others. But let me just give you two to show you what I'm talking about. Uh, and you have to let it speak for itself. Uh, Jeremiah 30, verse 9 says, But they shall serve the Lord, their God. This is the millennial kingdom, the context. And David, their king, whom I will raise up for them. Two persons. Hosea three five. Afterwards, the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord, their God, and David, their king. They shall fear the Lord and His goodness in the latter days. So just with those two and all the others that I could give you, There are two people that are being indicated, the Messiah and David. We have already noted that Jesus Christ is going to be the reigning Messiah. But it strongly implies and very clearly, I believe, that David himself will reign under Messiah during the thousand-year reign. There are some references that are difficult to fit under the reign of Messiah. Let me give you a couple ezekiel forty five twenty two it says the prince is set to prepare here for himself and the people a bull for a sin offering. Jesus was and is sinless he couldn't offer that has to be David ezekiel forty six two the prince is engaged in acts of worship which would contradict that it's Jesus because He's God. He's not going to be worshiping Himself. So it's very strong that Messiah and David himself will reign. Of course, Messiah is the supreme King, and David the promise that He gave to Him. So, though there are different opinions, some explain it away. They try to explain it away simply by saying that it's a type of, of. Um, a type of Christ to David. Others say that perhaps it's a literal son of David that is raised up. And still others um, that it will be the historic David uh, resurrected in the second advent of Christ and the first resurrection. And I believe that it's a- actually David. Very clear. Um, because he cannot be fulfilled just by the person of Jesus. Now, the government will include many other individuals. There will be nobles, and governors, listen to Isaiah 32, one. Behold, a king will reign in righteousness and princes will rule with justice. Isn't it great when there's justice and there's rule of law? Society seems safe. There's order. People can go out. They play. They stay out at night, lay this and that. But as society gets more dangerous, people recluse. They know they don't go certain places. They don't know after certain hours, right? This is happening to our nation all over. Okay? The streets are even hostile during the day. Now, in many parts of our nation. Jeremiah 30, verse 21 says, Their nobles shall be uh, from among them, and their governors shall come from their midst. Ezekiel puts it this way, Thus saith the Lord God, Enough, O Prince of Israel, Remove violence and plundering, execute justice and righteousness, and stop dispossessing my people, says the Lord God. Absolute justice, absolute just you know righteousness that goes on. We will be ruling with Jesus Christ, but the people who uh, who did not take the mark of the beast, they repopulate the kingdom, as we'll see. There will be lesser authorities ruling also. Zechariah seven puts it this way. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, again the captain of the armies of heaven, If you will walk in my ways, and if you will keep my command, then you shall also judge my people, and likewise have charge of my courts. I will give you places to walk among these who stand here. So, very clearly, during the millennial kingdom, there will be others who will be given this type of privilege. Jesus spoke the parable of the minas, that a nobleman went into a far country, as you know, to receive a kingdom for himself. And then he would return. And then he would reward and appoint some over ten cities, over five cities, etc. in Luke 19, 12-28. Very clear. John says, Blessed and holy is the one who has pardoned the first resurrection over such a second death has no power, but, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with Him a thousand years. Revelation 20, verse 6. So we, the church, reign with Jesus Christ. We are glorified. We don't have to worry about sin or temptation anymore. That will be over. But not those that enter the kingdom. The government will include judges. Isaiah 126 says, I will restore uh, your judges as at first and your counselors as the beginning. Afterwards, you shall be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city. Now we're going to see it's Jerusalem that it's talking about. It would be after the manner of the Old Testament as God put judges and he delegated authority through the council of uh, Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, in Exodus 18.22, of hundreds and fifties and tens, and delegate that authority. The kingdom age will be sub, a subdivision of delegated theocratic authority from Christ through David to the twelve apostles And down to rulers of the city. Um, It will be universal government of righteousness and justice. It will be government by the fullness of the spirit being poured out. And it will be government that will not tolerate any outbreak of sin. He says he will crack their heads like pots. (laughs) Jesus is ruling. Okay. One of the most frustrating things that's going on today is... The lack of respect for policemen and those in authority to protect us. And the number one divider who has thrown these people under the bus is our president, Obama. Pitting black against white, authority against anarchy, rich against poor. We were united as bad as we were prior to him. Not any longer. Just think if you as a father and mother pitted your kids against each other. What kind of home would you have? You wouldn't have one. It'd be destroyed. Amazing. You know, the Catholic Church believed they were the vicar of Christ and still do. But they... um, they believed that Jesus would come back after a thousand years, and when he didn't come back, they had to change their tune. And that's where you get the word for a thousand years, Chileism. And so it's a very presumptuous and blasphemous, even proclamation, to equate the corrupt and abusive government of the Catholic Church to the righteous reign of Jesus Christ in the millennial kingdom. It's crazy. Uh, they kill more Christians than than Muslims. If you look at the Dark Ages, do your homework. I was born a Catholic. I, bo- I lived in Mexico City. I've traveled the world. Catholicism in America is a pussycat. Defang, declaw. You go outside of the United States, you're a dead man. It's just that simple. That simple. So these are the rulers in the millennium. Can't wait! It's going to be a great time. Second comes the subjects in the millennium. The return of Jesus will exclude all the guilty sinners before the setting up of the kingdom age. The armies of the world that attempt to stop him at his return will be destroyed. Uh, Revelation 19 is very very clear. A sharp sword goes from his mouth and destroys them. The antichrist, the false prophet, are cast in the lake of fire. Revelation 19:20. And then they are bound there for those, during those thousand years, Satan also. And the separation of individuals at the Lord's return for their hypocrisy and their complacency is taught by the parable of the five foolish virgins and the parable of the talents in Matthew 24, from verse 1 to chapter 25, verse 30. That's Jewish ground, ladies and gentlemen. Do not put the church in there. Those virgins are not the church the end of 23, Jesus has come back. He's rewarding those who have been waiting for him. If you make that the church, you put the church at the end of the tribulation, still here on earth. It's wrong. The judgment of the nations removes the goats, the nations who have opposed the Jew and treated them badly, Matthew 25, 31 through 46, the sheep from the goats. Those who didn't mistreat them, those who didn't uh, take the mark, they enter the kingdom. Those who take the mark, individual or nation, as a whole, whatever that may be, they will not. The parable of the wheat and the tares, the good and the bad fish, confirmed this clearly in Matthew 13, 30 to 31, 49 and 50. There's a separation. The prophecy of Daniel verifies this. Listen to Daniel 7.22. Until the ancients of days came and the judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High and the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. The saints in Daniel is the Jew. Daniel knew nothing about the church. It's the Jew who inherits the kingdom. We the church reign with Jesus in the kingdom. Daniel 9, 27, Then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey Him. Now, the nation of Israel makes up the primary subjects. The nation of Israel will be restored very very clear again I can't make it any clearer that replacement theology is completely unbiblical and it makes a person majority of the time anti-semitic not all the time but I do believe the majority of the time listen to Isaiah 43 5 through 6 fear not for I am with you I will bring your descendants from the east and gather you from the west and from the north give them up And to the south, do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Context, Jews. So, you have the great movement of Palestinian Christians today. Which are nothing but undercover Islam and Muslims. And much of the church is being taken in by them. And so, how do they get around it? They take this scripture... And they put themselves in there rather than the Jew. You just simply replace them. That's why it's called replacement theology. Okay? Simple. Zephaniah 3.20 And at that time I will bring you back. Even at the end I gather you. For I will give you fame and praise among all the peoples of the earth when I return your captives before your eyes, says the Lord. Now that's not happening right now. Today the Jew is hated. Muslims hate the Jew. The Ayatollah, Khomeini too. We're going to drive them into the ocean. Just this week they said there will not be a Jew in 25 years from now. And we tolerate this? We give them billions of dollars so now we're going to be the, 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 the very source and promoters of terrorism? My Lord... America is absolutely stupid. Listen to Matthew. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn. And they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven in power and great glory. And he will send his angels with the great sound of the trumpet. And they will gather together. Listen. His elect. The Jews. That's Matthew 24, 30, 31. That's not the church. His elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Context, context, context. Ezekiel 36 says much about the restoration of the nation as we've seen in the past. Uh, yes, he prophesies to the mountains of Israel. The proclamation to the mountains says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, I have raised my hand And I know that surely the nations that are around you shall bear their own shame. But you, O mountains of Israel, you shall shoot forth your branches and yield your fruit by my people Israel. For they are about to come, people Israel, not Palestinians. For indeed I am for you. I will turn to you and you shall till my soil and sown. And I will multiply men upon you, all the house of Israel, all of it, and the city shall be inhabited and the ruins rebuilt. What is it that we don't understand? It's Israel. This certainly is not happening right now. The transformation of the kingdom will be an astonishment. Listen. So they will say, this land that was desolate has become like the Garden of Eden. Now, you've gone to Israel with us. There's some nice areas, but it's not the Garden of Eden at all. And the wasted, desolate, and ruined cities are now fortified and inhabited. Then the nations which are left all around you shall know that I am the Lord. The Arab nations around them, Islam, Muslim nations around Israel, do you think today they say, oh, the Lord's good? The, the Lord's in the midst of them. Are you kidding me? I, the Lord, have rebuilt the ruins places and planted what was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken it. I will do it. Ezekiel 36, 35 to 36. Now, what is it that we don't understand by what he said? It's still future. The prophet Ezekiel gives us the vision of the dry bones that we've seen. Ezekiel 37. The prophet is asked by God in 37, 1 through 10, can these bones live again? And, of course... And the prophet says, oh, You alone know God. And he shows them the bones rattling, coming to life, and this b- bone, sinew, and muscle come together, and the nation's brought back. Now we know that in 1948, May 14, they came back as a nation for the third time their independence. But the Spirit of God's not in them yet. It's a twofold re- return. First of the people, not all of them are there yet. And then the Spirit's going to be poured out during the tribulation period, the last half, as we've seen. Ezekiel thirty seven fourteen through eleven is very clear on that. Now Israel declared its independence again, as I said. So, but they're, they're they're secular Jews. The only real religious one is the hard, dark hats with the Orthodox Jews, and they don't even believe that Israel has a right to exist. In fact, they they asked the King of Jordan to annex them because they they didn't feel they had a right to exist until Messiah come. That's different, huh? God has said that if the sun, the moon, or the stars do not come up the next day, then God, you can be sure that God has ceased this covenant with Israel of bringing them back in Jeremiah 31, 35 through 36. Well, as far as I I, I saw last night, the moon was up. Um, Sun came up this morning. The stars were out last night, so I guess God is still for Israel. Can't make it clearer than that. God will make Judah and Ephraim one nation, symbolic of the two stakes. They will be made one as he gathers all from the nations and they're going to have one King David. Ezekiel thirty-seven, fifteen through 25, very, very clear. Remember, they were a divided nation after Solomon, the north and the south. That's what these minor prophets are about. Now, God will make an everlasting covenant of peace, sanctify Israel, and set his sanctuary. Listen in their midst forever, Ezekiel 37, 26-28. How can someone teach that God's through with Israel if he says he's going to dwell with them forever as their king? Wow. Ezekiel then prophesies of the attack of Israel by Gog, the land of Magog, prince of Rush, Meshach, and Tubal in Ezekiel 38-39. and The location identity is identified very clearly to be Russia, coming from the north. The north was always the weak area of the city of of Jerusalem, if you know that. Their enemies came from the north. And there will be five nations with Russia. Persia, modern-day Iran, Elam, Ethiopia, and Libya are with them. All of them with shield and helmet, Gomer and all its truths, the house of Torgarma from the far north and all its truths, many people are with you. Ezekiel thirty eight, five through six. We could have never imagined that Islam would have been the heart of this attack. The lens has been cleared a little more now, since nine eleven which we just celebrated the other, this is at the end of the week. All these confederate nations are Islamic, that hate Israel. 50% at least of the Russian army is Islamic today. Interesting because during the 60s, they declared themselves to be atheists. So there's a change going on. The time of the attack will be in the time of peace. Listen. You will say, I will go up against the land and unwall villages. I will go to the peaceful people and dwell safe. that dwell safely. All of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates. Ezekiel 38.11. So this can only mean when Israel makes the one-week covenant with the Antichrist. False peace. God will fight for Israel and defeat the invading armies and gather all the remnant. From the earth, Ezekiel 38, 14, all the way to chapter 39, verse 29. Very, very clear. It's not isolated. It's all over the prophets. The nation of Israel experiences a conversion to accept their Messiah at this point and enter the kingdom age. Their blindness will be removed. That blindness in part that Paul speaks about in Romans 11, 26, and 27. And they will realize their Messiah. Then the words will be fulfilled that Jesus said, For I say to you, you shall not see me anymore until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord in Matthew 23, 39. And they will realize they crucified their Messiah. Israel will be related to Yahweh by marriage. Isaiah 54, 1 through 17. Isaiah 62, 2 through 5. We read Hosea 14, 4. So don't make... The confusion of the two women. One is a wife who has been married, put away by divorce, Israel. The other one is a virgin who is waiting for a wedding, Jew and Gentile, one in Christ Jesus. Two distinct companies, okay? Do not mix them. The one will go through tribulation, Israel. The other will be removed for tribulation prior to it. Real simple. God has not appointed us to wrath, but salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 5.9, 1 Thessalonians 5.9, Revelation 3.9. Read the rapture in First Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17, we shall be caught up harposed immediately, suddenly, violently, to meet the Lord in the air. Prior to those seven years. Now, the Gentiles will also be subjects. Now, this doesn't go too well with people that despise the Jew and hate the Jew, you know. But listen what the scriptures have to say. The blessing goes back to uh, Abraham, Genesis 12, 1 through 3, the promise to Abraham was that through him all the nations would be blessed. But it will be fulfilled in its ultimate form in the kingdom age. The participation of the Gentile in the millennial is very, very clear. Isaiah nineteen eighteen through 19 says, In that day, five cities in the land of Egypt will speak the language of Canaan, not Palestinian, Canaan. And swear by the Lord of hosts that kept the armies of heaven. One will be called the city of destruction. And that day there will be an altar of the Lord Yahweh in the midst of the land of Egypt. And a pillar to the Lord in his borders. It's the reign of Jesus. Okay? In... Jeremiah 3.17, at that time, Jerusalem shall be called the throne of the Lord Yahweh, and all nations shall be gathered to it, to the name of the Lord Yahweh, to Jerusalem, no more shall they follow the dictates of their own evil hearts. That has never happened, that's not happening now. But it shall come to pass, in the latter days, I will bring back the captives of Elam, says the Lord, Jeremiah 49.39. On that day, I will raise up the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down, and repair its damages. I will raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old, that they may possess the remnant of Edom. Edom is on the Jordanian side. You had Moab. Okay? You had Edom at the bottom. He says, And rebuilt it as in the days of old, that they may possess the remnant of Edom, and all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord who does this thing. So the remnant of the Gentiles that do not take the mark of the beast, they are allowed to go in. They're human beings like you and I. They repopulate. They have to be born again. They will be servants unto Israel. Israel rules and reigns through Messiah during the kingdom age. The Gentiles will be Israel's servants during the the kingdom age then. Listen to some scriptures. Isaiah fourteen one and 2. For the Lord will have mercy on Jacob and will still choose Israel and settle them in their own land. And the strangers will be joined with them and they will cling to the house of Jacob. Then people will take one of them, bring them to their place. And the house of Israel will possess them for servants and maids in the land of Yah- the Lord Yahweh. They will take them captive. Whose captives they were, and rule over their oppressors. It's gonna get turned around. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will lift my hand and a nose to the nations. God cannot swear by anybody higher than himself, so he swears by himself. And set up my standard for the peoples. They shall bring your sons in their arms, and your daughters shall be carried in their shoulders, kings shall be. Your foster fathers and their queens, your nursing mothers. They shall bow down to you and their faces to the earth and lick up the dust of your feet. Then you will know that I am the Lord Yahweh, for they shall not be ashamed who wait for me. Isaiah 49, 22 and 23. They will bow down before Israel, the Jew, the Gentiles. They will be servants to the, to the Jew. It's going to be a whole different order. Isaiah sixty verse fourteen. Also, the sons of those who afflict you shall come bowing to you, and all of those who despise you shall fall prostrate to the soles of their feet, and they shall call you the city of the Lord Yahweh, Zion, the holy one of Israel. The context of every verse I'm giving you is the Jew, the Jew, not Palestinian, not Gentile, not the Church, the Jew. Strangers shall stand and feed your flocks and the sons of the foreigners shall be your plowmen and your vine, vine dressers. Isaiah sixty They're going to work their, vine- their vineyards. <laughs> Believe they're plowmen. Yes, many people and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts, captain of the armies of heaven. In Jerusalem, not New York, not Paris. And to pray before the Lord Yahweh, thus saith the Lord Yahweh of hosts, In those days, ten men from every language of the nations shall grasp the sleeves of a a Jewish man, saying, listen, let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. Are you like those apples? Give that to USC, UCLA, APU, and everyone else. Gentlemen, ladies, who are we going to believe? The Bible or people? Simple. These Gentiles will have experienced a spiritual conversion prior to the entering of the kingdom. In fact, they are the ones addressed by Jesus after the judgment of the nations. Listen to the words. Come, you blessed of my Father, and inherit the kingdom, prepare for you from the foundation of the world, Matthew 25, 34. They will enter the kingdom, not having taken the mark of the beast. The Reader's Digest once um, contained this statement, quote, God grant that not only the love of liberty, but a thorough knowledge of the rights of man may prevail or pervade all the nations of the earth so that a philosopher may set his foot everywhere in his surface and say, this is my country. All these kind of dumb philosophy, they're so nice, but they go against everything that's revealed by God. This is not going to happen until the Lord returns. Should we not strive for peace? Should we not strive to secure right relations? Yes! But where sin reigns and there's no long consequences, destruction happens. Don't look any further than your own family, your own home. That's the model of society. It's real simple. These are the subjects in the millennium. Now let's finish up with the center of the millennium. And it's not long. Very brief because it's been implied and now I'm just going to just nail it. The city of Jerusalem will be the central city. Do you know what, what a venomous pill this is for the Islamic world today? <laughs> and m- much of American society? Jerusalem will be the center of the millennial earth. Isaiah 2, 2-4, Jeremiah 31, 6, Micah 4, 1, Zechariah 12, 2, through 11 And I can give you many others. Jerusalem will be the center of the kingdom rule then. Again, Jeremiah, uh, Hosea, Ezekiel, Micah, Zephaniah. Jerusalem will be the glorious city that will bring honor to Yahweh. Isaiah 52, verse 1 through 12. Isaiah 60, 14 through 21. You have Joel 3, 7 that we've seen. Zechariah 2, 1 through 13. And many, many others. Jerusalem will be protected by the king. Jesus Christ. Most presidents have all kinds of bodyguards. Uh, President Obama has probably got the record. Why? Because they're always afraid someone's going to knock them off. Jesus rules. He's not no bodyguards. Now, it's interesting because sometimes churches get into this mold and you have bodyguards around the pastor. Now I think we need to use wisdom, security for your safety. But we have to be careful we don't fall into the corporate mold, right? With the Church of Jesus Christ. We want to use common sense, okay? But we have to be careful. Jerusalem will be greatly enlarged over its former area. Jeremiah 31, 38 through 40. If you study the millennial kingdom with us in Ezekiel 48, verse 30 to 35. Zechariah 14, 10. The topography is going to change. Jerusalem will be, uh, will be accessible to all who seek the king in Isaiah 35, 8 through 9. Sometimes people get busy, and I understand that pastors can't meet and speak with everybody, especially in our awfully large church but there should always be an access for the people to meet and to sit down and talk to anybody that's on the staff whether it be an elder or a assistant pastor whatever it is if 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 you if you cannot get a hold of your pastor or one of the pastors to talk to or pray with you in a church and um, or they get back to you right away then go find another church it's either too big or too insensitive one of the two okay I attempt to be with you, and I have for almost 40 years. After I get done speaking, I stay here until I'm done with the last person who talks to me. Pastor Chuck would stand in the back of the congregation, and he would talk to everybody until they were all gone. That's what a shepherd does, okay? You don't just hide away and and, and, and go do your thing. It's impossible. Jerusalem will be the center of worship, as we've seen. Jeremiah 30, also uh, Joel 3.17 uh, Worship—it's all about Jesus Christ, and Jerusalem will endure forever, absolutely forever. Isaiah nine seven 3320 through twenty one, Zechariah eight four, Joel three nineteen through twenty one. It's all over the scriptures, but also the land of Israel will be the central nation. Not only will Jerusalem be the capital, but the nation will be the central nation to everything. But if you even think about it today, you look at the map of the world. And you look at the nation of Israel, little thing like Rhode Island. No bigger. It's right in the strategic center of the earth where all the nations have to go through. That's why it was always the wars and everything else. And God has put her there purposely. The land becomes the inheritance of Israel, Ezekiel 36, 8. Also verse twelve, Ezekiel forty seven, twenty two through twenty three. The nation of Israel will have occupied for the first time all the boundaries given to Abraham in Genesis fifteen, eighteen through twenty one. Study them. The topography of the land will be altered, Isaiah thirty three, ten through eleven, Ezekiel forty seven, the first twelve verses. Joel 3.18, Zechariah 4.8, 14.4, the foot of Jesus will touch the Mount of Olives, it will split. Right now you have the African rift that goes from north to south. There's going to be a new one put from east to west. It's not there right now. It's called the Valley of Jehoshaphat. <laughs> Study, we've been looking at it in the Hosea as well as in Joel. The great fertile plains will come alive. God will... Make it abundance. The second coming, Zechariah four four. The land uh, will be beautiful for situation. Psalm forty eight two tells us, and there will be a river that flows out of Jerusalem as Jesus steps on the Mount of Olives, and it um, it brings forth a a gush of water source from Jerusalem there and. One part goes to the Dead Sea to heal the Dead Sea and there'll be fish in the Dead Sea like all the other oceans and the other will go to the Mediterranean. The topography will all change. The maleal kingdom, pre-Adamic, the the animal kingdom, the lion will lay down with the lamb. The lamb won't be in the lion. The kid will lead a lion and play with a poisonous snake. But yet, in spite of all that, there's some wrong information that is giving the millennial kingdom. People say, "Oh, I no more tears, no more sorrow, no more death." No, 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 that's wrong. That's the eternal aspect of eternity. During the millennial kingdom, the creation is revert back to pre-adamic, but there's sin, and where there's sin, there's death. Not for us, we're glorified with them, but people to walk in, and they live in the millennial kingdom and they reproduce. They have sin. They have to confess. They have to be born again. There's forgiveness. Study it. No tears, no sorrows after the thousand year reign in the eternal aspect of it. And we've gone into that with the millennial kingdom. So a lot of people have some bad theology. Okay? They've got the the cups where the plates are supposed to be. You know? And they got the forks in their forehead rather than the thing. And it's weird. Um... The land will be fertile. It was just going to flourish. Abundant rain is going to be given. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Zechariah, Joel, all of them. You see, we put the wrong value on things. You know what gold is? Water. Gold is not gold. That's not the most valuable. It's water. Without water, you can't grow food. Without water, you'd die. Armies would encircle a city and not let any food in and just starve them to death. We have destroyed a great portion of our fertile lands, the San Joaquin Valley, because Boxer didn't want to kill the minnow fish. Now he's dead. Now the land is gone. Morons. Rain, food, that's the goal, ladies and gentlemen. You're, gonna, you're not going to worry about your shiny new car in the driveway if you don't have any water or food. Trust me. He's going to give great rain. All of this is after the land has been ravished during the tribulation and great tribulation. All that I said. But if God said, Light be. Earth be, it's no problem. You and I have a task. We have to go down to Home Depot and buy some wood, and buy some nails, some screws, and some equipment, and start building. God just speaks it into existence. It's no problem. According to rabbinical mythology, the world is at least six thousand years. Now I agree that it's a young Earth, probably six to ten thousand. But even though this is not scriptural, is this interesting? Listen. The reason they assigned this is first of all, the name of Yahweh contains six letters, they say. The Hebrew letter M occurs six times in the book of Genesis. The patriarch Enoch who was taken to heaven without dying was the sixth generation after Adam and God created the world in six days and six contains three binaries of groups of twos and the first two thousand years were for the law of nature, the next two thousand for the written law and the last two thousand for the law of grace. Now it sounds nice and it's great and we understand the difference, but it's just a lot of that is spiritualizing, okay? You just hog posh and all that. It happens in line up of certain things. But this, I agree that it's a young earth, but all of this will happen right on God's schedule. And I do believe that we're very close to that time because it has been 2,000 years from the creation to Abraham. Do you realize you cover... Almost one-third of the time we've been alive, just in the first 12 chapters, 14 chapters, of Genesis. Then 2,000 from Abraham to the New Testament. And now we've been here almost 2,000 years. That's 6,000. So it is a young earth. And so this is the center of the millennium. It's Jerusalem. It's the nation of Israel. That's where Jesus is going to be. That's why Jerusalem is the safest place. (laughs) The safest place is where Jesus is. Now, are you in Christ or outside of Christ? Have you walked with Christ and now you're taking an R&R? You're messing with the world, you're straddling the fence. You're thinking that in some way God has given you some privilege place that you can live like you used to and you're still okay ooh dangerous gender dangerous philosophy I guarantee no one heaven who is living in sin we're to keep our accounts short in fellowship with Jesus Christ we're to be looking for our Messiah we're to be transformed from day to day from glory to glory to have our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We're to count him faithful in our sufferings. And we're always to know that he's never been laid for anything. And so, this is what the scriptures have to say about the government and the form of government that will exist during the thousand-year reign. Under these three categories, the rulers of the millennium, the subjects in the millennium, and the center of the millennium. All this information and no one even touches it, rarely. We're to give an answer to every man for the reason of the hope that lies in it with meekness and fear, ladies and gentlemen. So let's roll up our sleeves and study to show ourselves a workman. Not needing to be approved by anyone but God. Father, thank you for your goodness and your grace. Thank you for your word, Lord, and your spirit. Pray for every person here. You speak to us, Lord, and we thank you for just your love and your grace for us. Father, put a protective hedge around us here as we know as we speak out and we speak truth and we speak boldly that the enemy doesn't like this and even our own society. So we do pray for your hand upon us, but that we would not cower. We love you, Lord. I pray for every person here right now, especially those that don't know you, Lord. Maybe over the internet also. You would speak to them. If you're here, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then God has brought you here to be saved. You turn your life over to God to have him forgive you of for your sin. Nothing can ever be done about your sin. You cannot undo it. You cannot redo it. You cannot forget it. You cannot put it aside. You must be forgiven and cleansed by the grace of Jesus Christ. And that is your choice. If you want to be born again, this is your prayer of repentance to him and he'll forgive you and make you a new creature right now. This is your prayer. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me, Lord, for all my sins. Give me a brand new heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I accept you as my Savior and Lord. In Jesus' name. Man.